Yes, yes, yes. Hey, I'm Charlie. If you're new here, I'm sorry. Um, lead pastor. I guess I'm not real sorry. I mean, you got to figure it out eventually. I'm lead pastor here. Really glad you're here, joining us online here in the room. Um, I know I live in a football world. I've known that my whole life growing up in Arkansas, but it's always been basketball for me. So you beat Kentucky. It's going to be a great day. Uh, so it's Red Pants Sunday for those of you who've been around for a while. Warham last year, bought, actually bought him last year, we went to the Sweet 16. Warham's getting support of the football people. When we beat Texas, I mean, we all, we all can agree we don't like Texas. Beat Texas in football last fall. It's another Red, red Pants Sunday. Some people are asking online on the Grove Church community page, asking for the red and white striped overalls. I mean, come on. Like, I'm going to sit up here, I'm going to preach, and I'm wearing candy cane overalls. And you guys are listening? Is that the agreement that we're going to make? I'm going to wear candy cane overalls, and you're going to listen. No, we can't. I can't. No, none of us can agree to that. It's just, it's just not what we're going to do. There's a line somewhere. You just need to hope that at some point, like, uh, like I'm hosting, and something really awesome sports-wise happens. That's, that's, that's what we're all rooting for here. <coughs> I don't have a voice uh, anymore, so we're just going to see how this service goes. If I go down, one of you... Just come up and just you can finish it out. I got notes here that are incomprehensible, but we'll just do the best we can. All right, so hard, awkward transition. Whoop, and all that. Okay. So in the summer of 1995, my wife and I, we had been married. Uh, we're about to celebrate our one-year anniversary when we led a small group of college students to Harkov, Ukraine for six weeks. And we spent the summer there. It was a wild summer. I mean, we were there. I'll just give you a couple. Like, we were there like two days when this major storm happened that actually made one of the sewer pipes burst, and then it flowed into the drinking water reservoir, which had every known contagion you can imagine in it then. So we were there for six weeks, for six weeks, no running water. And I'm telling you, this is a city the size of Dallas. It's not like some rural place. Like the city the size of Dallas, no running water the entire six weeks we were there. And it ended with, we found out two days before we were going to leave that the airline, Air Ukraine, um, had just resold all of our tickets because they just wanted to make more money. So we didn't have plane tickets, and our visas were about to expire, and it was just a wild, it was just wild. But we saw God do some incredible things um, in, in the lives of student, <coughs> students there in Ukraine and just... Uh, just in the lives of our neighbors that we got to meet, it was just, it was an incredible summer, and God just gave us a heart there for those people, we built some really cool long-term relationships with some people there, and it was just an incredible summer with some incredible people, and so what's been happening over the last week has obviously been very, has hit very personally to us, and you know, and, and it's hitting everybody in some way, it's just kind of a, a just a really hard Thing to kind of process in a, in a two-year cycle where everything's just kind of been difficult to manage. And I've had several people kind of reach out to me just kind of with the, well, what to do? And you just tell a lot of people, I feel like that they need to do something, they don't know what to do. And so they'll, they'll put something on social media that kind of is an act of support or change a profile picture and just kind of a cool way to do something. But then people will come in and say, man, what are you just doing? It's so token, doesn't really matter. And you can just tell there's just a lot of confusion. Like, like you, I got, like, I don't, like, I don't know, I don't know how to handle this. One person even asked, like, I want to pray, but I feel like all my prayers are like vengeful prayers. God, just let all the bad people die and let all the good people. Like, and like, I don't know if that, that's what I want to pray. 
And so I just, as a piece of advice, I really do, I encourage you to pray. And I think the biggest thing that we can do, just anytime we find ourselves in these kind of situations, is just that the presence and the realness and the comfort of God would just be overwhelming to the people involved. That God as a comforter, God as a protector, that, that, would, that, would, that they would experience that in a, in a real way. And that, and that somehow people would find the hope and the life and the comfort and the love of God in difficult circumstances because it does happen. And obviously it is a very good thing to always to pray for peace. I mean, it's just a, nothing goes bad from praying for peace. And if you've got an angry, vengeful kind of prayer thing going, I, I tell people this all the time, just about anything. It's like, man, if you're mad, go ahead and pray. Pray mad. Pray mad things. Pray angry things. It's like, well, God doesn't want you to be like that. It's like, man... You, I guess you could not, but you're not tricking him. Like, I'm going to pretend like I'm in a good mood. Like, okay. I mean, you may be trying to fool somebody. can't fool him. You're, how are you doing? I'm fine. That works with people who don't know you. It doesn't work with God. So just, just put it out there. And, 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 and God will do something in you um, just with that honest expression. But I feel like situations like this are really more illustrative of a big picture issue that I think that a lot of us have, which is we don't, we don't know really what to do when bad things happen. We just feel kind of paralyzed. We have this kind of very natural instinct, and I, I think there's something about it that is human, but I think there's also something about it that is uniquely American, and maybe even something that is uniquely Southern American, which is I got I to gotta do something. I got to do, do something about this. I, I got Amen. I got I to do, do something about it. I got to do something about it. I, I, I can't just sit here. I got to do something, right? Because, because we, are, we are people of action. We, we, we fix things. And we find ourselves where you've experienced a tragedy or really when other people around us are experiencing tragedy, really difficult times, like... We, we, don't, we don't know what to do because there doesn't seem to be anything we can do to fix it. And so either we become completely and totally paralyzed or our instinct to, quote, fix it can very often make matters worse. And so too often I feel like as God's people, even though I believe God has very explicitly called us to step into people's lives in their worst moments, we, in, we instinctively too often kind of pull back or possibly lean in too hard. So we don't know what to do. And so there's a passage we're going to look at. It's today's kind of the way the sermon is going to work. It's going to be a little different. It's going to maybe probably feel a little bit different. Um, we're going to look at a passage where we just kind of look at what um, God is calling us to do, kind of big picture when we find people in difficult circumstances, kind of what, what the natural... What, 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 how this is naturally supposed to go, the way the Christians are supposed to interact with each other in these times. And then I'm just going to give you just a little bit, just a few pieces of advice <coughs> that are, um, we just got, we got 20 minutes, we got we to push through. Um, just some pieces of advice that I feel like that, that, that I've gleaned, I don't, by, by no means an expert at this, but I've had a lot of experience of kind of stepping into kind of some difficult circumstances, some really good pieces of advice that I've been given and that I would just like to just kind of pass on to you guys so that ultimately we as God's people 
can really do a good job of just loving people well in their darkest moments. Because that's kind of been the theme of this relationship series that we're kind of closing out today. I mean, a couple weeks ago, Mark talked about what do we do when someone's hurt us? And we talked a lot about, about forgiveness. What do we do when we know somebody around us is sinning and is destroying their lives and hurting other people's lives? And, and how do we step into that to kind of restore them and bring them back? And so today we're just going to talk about what do we do when people are kind of going through their worst moments. And it's not because of something that they did, sin, which we talked about last week, or something they do to you because of, and we're talking about forgiveness, but when just when life happens to them. So the passage that we're going to look at is in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, and we're going to start with verse 3. <clears throat> Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. So what's happening here is that Paul and his team, we've kind of been experiencing a lot of trials, a lot of persecution, a lot of bad things have been happening to them. And some of those same things are happening to the people in Corinth, and so they're, they're experiencing some difficult times. But also at the same time, they really love Paul and his team, and they're feeling some of that distress just from what Paul's experiencing. And so Paul's going through this difficult time, and essentially what he's saying to them is like, I get it, we're having all of these sufferings. But it's not just that God is having a share in the sufferings that Jesus has gone through, but we are also getting to experience the comfort that God offers. We're experiencing suffering, but we're also receiving comfort from God. And it is this comfort that we have received from God that we want to pass on to you. We want you to not just simply share in the sufferings that we're having. God's comforting us, and we want that comfort to be comfort to you. And then he says to them, and the comfort that's being handed to you the reason, the, like, the thing I, we want you to do with that is want you to take that comfort and pass it on to others who need comfort. And so he's essentially kind of got this, it's almost like an, an assembly line here. God is comforting us so that we can comfort you, and we want you to take the comfort that, that's coming to you and want you to give that to people who need comfort. And essentially what he's saying here, and, 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 and this is real, even if it's not necessarily good or beneficial or helpful at the time, is that really one of the, for lack of a better word, bright sides of when we go through difficult times is one of the things that God really does in it, not only does he show up to comfort, which is great, but it gives us that, 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 that ability to then take the comfort and give it to someone else. Some of the, some of the, the real meaning of the dark times we go through is found when a friend, a brother, a sister, a family member, a co-worker, someone like that, like when, when not, hey, I've lived that. I, I, I went through that. Let, let me help you. Here's, here, here, let me be there with you through this. And so while, again, I want to make sure to say that it does, that doesn't make a bad thing you go through good, 
right? The bad thing is still the bad thing, but it is a way that God brings beauty in dark times and that God then allows you, because of what you've been through, to comfort someone else. And so this is what Paul is saying here. He's saying, like, hey, we've been through some rough times and you're experiencing that, but God is comforting us. Let us comfort you. And now you take this comfort and comfort somebody else. Because essentially what he's saying is, this is a ministry collectively, individually and collectively as God's people that he has called us to. He has called us to be people who duplicate, replicate his ministry, God's ministry of comfort into the lives of other people. And so when someone in your space is going through some sort of tragedy, some sort of real loss, some sort of real pain, it is our responsibility to step into that. But here's the interesting thing that happens, is that I say that, and I cannot imagine that there is one person here who's like, like has a real objection to that. I object. That's, 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 not, that's not right. I, I, dis, I disagree with that. No one's going to disagree with that, but if we hear it, there's a lot of fear that you can, like, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't feel like I can. I don't feel like I can. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, 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 I get nervous. And again, we think that we're going to do the wrong thing, that we're going to say the wrong thing, that we're, and, and it's just best that I, I stay over here. I know it's the right thing to do, but my fear keeps me from really doing it. And then often, we, if we overcome that fear, our anxiety about it may make us actually do the things that we wish we hadn't. And so I think, again, that there are just a few key things that I feel like that if we can just kind of understand these real simple principles, I think ultimately what we'll see in our individual lives and, and, and on our collective spirit here as, as God's people, as the Grove Church, we will see just our ability to love the hurting just escalate. And the first one, which is kind of the big picture one, is to embrace, embrace empathy. It's like when I see someone hurting, we want to be the kind of people who, who step into it. I step into it. It's like, I'm not, I don't, I don't want to say, man, that must be rough for you over there. I'm, I'm sorry that you are going through that. But it is the kind of thing where I step in with my heart. And this is what empathy is. It's like, I'm not just sad as I think about what you're going through. I'm, ima- I, I, I'm in it. I'm imagining. I'm, I'm stepping in my heart. I'm in your shoes and in your place. And I think, that is real pain that you're going through. And I am, I am in it with you. Which really, again, just has this idea from this passage in 2 Corinthians. I have, I have been there, and I see what you're going through. And even though it may be slightly different, because of what I've gone through, because of what I understand, I can, I, I can feel how much this hurts. And, and I want to be in there with you. And so we don't want to, what we don't want to do, we don't ever want to be somebody who is intentionally keeping an emotional distance from someone else. I think sometimes we kind of have all of these defense mechanisms, and I think it's important for us to be honest about them. Somebody else go, is going through a hard time, and immediately we can, we can tend to think about how does this affect me? 
It's like, well, I don't, I, don't, I mean, like, I, I, I don't, I don't I, I, it makes me nervous, it makes me uncomfortable. Or if I get in there, like, I, they're, they're crying, I don't want to cry, or I, I, I don't want to step into their pain because something might happen to me, they might get mad at me, they might, I mean, and we start, like, how do I just kind of, I'm just going to keep this at a safe distance. But real comfort, real loving of people, um, when they're going through a difficult time, is not about keeping a safe distance. It's all. It's not safe. It's not intent. It's it's not supposed to be safe. You are stepping into tragedy. You're stepping into pain. Some of that is going to get on you, but that is what we have ca- we're called to do. And so, I step in with my with my heart. And beyond that, the idea of just my heart being in there, really, our physical presence is important too. And so we, we embrace empathy, and it's also important that, we just, that you just be present. And I, and I think that's just, it's, it's really simple. And again, you're not going to disagree with it. Um, but it is so overwhelmingly important. I'm just going to be there. Well, what do I say? doesn't matter. What do I do? doesn't matter. Do I bring something? doesn't matter. You you, you be there. You be there. I'm, I'm just going to be present with them. And, and I'm just going to do, and, and I, I can't anticipate what's going to happen. I can't anticipate their emotions. I can't anticipate what they're going to need, what they're going to want. But I can know that if they do want or need anything, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm just going to be there for them. It is, gonna, it, is, it is a whirlwind of emotions and intensity when all of these things are happening. And they may not remember any specific event that happened, but they will always remember who was there. They were, you know, I was there emotionally with my empathy, but I was also there just, I was, I was literally there. And there are, I mean, there, there, there's, there's, again, I'm going to talk about a, a failure that I've had, but I've experienced a lot of this. And it just, it's just, it's just absolutely true. And we've had some people in our church where they've had like a, like a, like a parent pass away and, and Mark or me or both of us will just get in the car and drive a few hours to be at a visitation or a funeral with someone who's lost a parent. And you think, man, you drive, you drive three hours, two hours, four hours just, just to be at a visitation, talk to them for maybe 30 minutes, an hour. And then you go. He's like, "What? What is that? It's it's being there. And, and and if you can, if you can be there physically, then be there. Well, I don't know what to say. Again, we'll come. We'll, we'll get to that here in a little bit. But don't worry about it. If you can work your schedule and work your life where you can physically be there, do it. One of the biggest regrets that I have." And I try not to live my life with a whole lot of regrets. One of the biggest regrets I have is actually a fairly recent one that happened during COVID where somebody went through a really difficult time. And I let the uncertainty of COVID rules and whether or not it was okay to try to go see them. And, you know, it's just, I just, like a, like a text. And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't go see them. I wasn't, I wasn't there. And I'm telling you, as someone who has lived it, who's watched people live it, that is what people want. That is what people need. So just to have someone next to them, 
who knows I'm, I'm, I'm with you in this. But if you're going to be there for a while, and even if you're just going to be there for a little bit, there is this, there's this thing. Like you feel like, I, what, what, what am I supposed to say to them? Like, now I go in the door, you go in there, and like, now, now I'm here. What I want to say. Okay, now this, is, now this piece of advice is going to be a little counterintuitive. And you may, you may even want to argue with me about it, but I promise you this is actually some of the best advice you're ever going to get. All right? We embrace sympathy. We be present. And when you think about what you're going to say, say, say less. If you have an instinct to say something, more times than not, the best, just don't, don't. Just don't. Just don't say it. Just don't say it. Now, I went to seminary, 90-hour work class, three years work class, and I don't want to bust on seminary too much, but it's like maybe two, maybe three things that, um, that, um, that I got from that that I was like, man, that's gold. And one of them, man, was this old dude who's teaching this. How, I mean, it's crazy that seminary, like 90 hours in one class, like one class how to be a pastor. All the other, like one. I don't, I can't, anyways. And this dude, he's angry. He's like, let me tell you something about all of y'all. He's like, oh, all right, all right, here we go. I like angry. And he's like, you, you guys, you think you know everything. And what you think is that people want your wisdom. And that if you're present, you think people want to hear your perspective. That's like, 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 like that's why you exist, for your perspective. And I'm telling you, if you step into the life of someone who is grieving with your perspective, you will be the worst pastors on the planet. Let this down. Whoa. He says, Christians by and large have some of the worst instincts as far as the things that they say out of their mouth. Well, you know, I mean, he's, he's in a better place now. You know, people don't, people don't want to hear that. Well, God's working all things together for good. Well, he's about to work this, I'm about to work this shiv in your stomach. Like, like you say, like, like people somehow in that moment, we think that if I'm supposed to be the Christian here, I'm the pastor, or you as like I'm the Christian friend, I'm supposed to come in and, 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 and give some theological perspective on why suffering exists and how to find light in the midst of darkness. In the middle of it, no one wants to hear that. And, and I, think, I think it's important. And so they, well, then what do I say? Well, it depends on, how, on who you are and how well you know them. But you just say to whatever level of strength you feel comfortable with, this, is, this really stinks. This, I, I'm, I'm sorry that this happened. This is terrible. If you want to be more colorful in the way that you describe it because of your love and your passion and connection for them, go for it. This is not good. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry this is happening. That's it. We don't need anything else. And too often, like, we, again, we feel like I've got to say something. They're crying, and I need to say something to make them stop crying. No, they're crying I'm there, my heart is with them, and like, I get why you're crying, because this is terrible. And that's it. And, and, and let, it, let it happen. And let your presence be their comfort. There's one situation that I think about that will always stand out in my mind. I was at a previous church before we came here, and a family in our church, a teenage son had, um, had committed suicide. And um, he was in the hospital for about 24 hours before he was kind of officially declared dead. And there with them in the hospital overnight, 
And every day, the week, after, the week after that, all the way up until the funeral, I would just get up in the morning, I would go to their house, I would just hang out with them for several hours and come back. And we talked about all sorts of things, you know, the food that we were eating, you know, interests that we had in common, you know, it talked about their son, what, what a cool guy he was and things that he was into. And we just talked, we never had like, there was no pastor time, there was no talking about things, Right? Three weeks later, the mom calls me. So I would really like to talk. And I knew what she meant. And we went, I went over there and we talked. And she had all of these questions about God and life and what does this mean and why does this happen? And, and we had a really good conversation on her terms. And I was the one she called because I was there every day. The one who probably was trying to tell her that three weeks ago, she probably got beef with. But the person who was there was just present, was, was with them. That is what they're looking for. And I'm telling you, as someone who feels even more pressure than you would to, to say something, I have only experienced the upside of just talking less. Now, I've developed a skill, and this is kind of next-level skill, about how to make small talk in the hospital while somebody's in surgery to kind of make time pass certain, kind of when, when to kind of be light and when you just need to be quiet. I mean, there's all sorts of next-level kind of training that you'll get by stepping into more of these situations. But at the meantime, let's just kind of get at the ground level of just like don't feel that pressure to say the right thing. Just say that you love them and that you're sorry. And if the worst, the worst case scenario is two people who care about each other, who are sad, are sitting next together, next to each other in silence for a, a period of time. And that will mean more to them than you can possibly imagine. Your presence there, your presence, not your wisdom. So embrace empathy. Be present. Say less. And here's the thing that I feel like that you have the ability to do um, and, and it will mean a lot more than just kind of the church or whatever doing it. And, and I think this is really important. And I think this is the kind of thing that, can, that really can kind of separate us and kind of next level kind of help us be real people of comfort. And so we'll say it this way. We'll say less and then keep, keep remembering. Keep remembering. Everybody is going to show up in the moment. And a few people will hang on for like the, like the meal train afterwards. And then maybe some people will kind of keep in touch for a week or so after that. The, the real comforters, the real capital F friends are the people who continue to remember. So here's the thing that I would strongly encourage everyone to do. You have a friend, somebody who goes through something like this. When it happens, get on your phone and put reminders on your phone of the anniversary of the date that it happened. And depending on their relationship, remember the next Father's Day. Remember the next Mother's Day. Remember the next Christmas. Remember Thanksgiving. And let it just pop up on your phone and be like, hey, reach out to them today. And I think sometimes I say things like this and people are like, oh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's Father's Day and like I don't want to text them 
because then I, I might remind them uh, about, about what happened. And I hope, I hope that when you hear me say that, that you just kind of feel a little bit of the absurdity of it. Like, I don't want to remind them that they're alone this Christmas. I don't want to remind them that this is their anniversary and that they're alone. You, 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 it's not possible for you to do that. The people who are hurting on Mother's Day, the people who are hurting on birthdays, the people who are hurting on Thanksgiving, they're hurting. And what they need is to know they're feeling alone and what your text, what your call, what your visit will do will remind them that they are in fact not alone. They're not alone. Hey, I just wanted you to know I was thinking about you today. Or you see him at church the following Sunday and you just give him a hug. Love you. And they'll know. They know. You know. I just want you to know that my heart is still with you. In a world that is very obviously broken and becoming more and more apparent that what the Bible says is true, that it is irredeemably so. It is just going to continue to be broken. And as soon as it's continue to be more and more broken. In that world, in that world, we can, we can fight against it all we want. But in that world, which is the world we live in, God's people will stand out the best and the most when we love well in those broken moments. When we show up. When we express our heart rather than our perspective. And we are with the grievers for the long haul. Let me pray.